all kinds to make the world. It takes all kinds to make the world. So we're going to jump right on in. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 38. Let's go there. Deal with some things. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 38. So again, our message today is it takes all kinds to make the earth. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 38 says, But God, is talking about seeds here, But God giveth it a body as it has pleased him. So whatever that seed is that's going to produce, God has given it by his pleasure, the body that it shall have. And to every seed has its own body. Amen? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what he's talking about. You see, in this world, there are... <clears throat> All types of seeds. And God, in every living thing, God has placed his seed of life. Amen? Otherwise, it wouldn't be alive. But whatever that seed produces, whatever that seed becomes, it becomes that which has pleased God for it to be. Every seed has his own body. Like Pastor Brenda said, it's a personal thing. All seeds that come from God are pure in his form. But here's the problem. Sin has crept in and it has caused corruption in the seed. Amen? But the thing about it is this. This is what I know coming up on a farm in the country. I know a few things about growing stuff. This one thing I know is that When you plant a seed, people, that seed, once it's planted in the soil, the soil attacks it, the ingredients in it, softens it up, causes it to be afflicted, causes it to suffer, which causes it to germinate, which causes it to become what God has designed For it to come. Amen. Amen. So God places. A seed in us. And. 
This seed that's planted in the soil of our soul gets attacked through the things that we go through, through the things that life takes us through, through it all. It's designed, what we go through in life, is designed to germinate that seed of God. As the music minister was saying this morning, you know, when the enemy comes in and tries to stop things, that's when we need to run closer to God and fight harder. And sometimes we feel like we may be losing the fight, but just run to him anyway. Even when you don't feel like it, just run to it. Even when your prayers don't even feel like they're being answered, just run to him anyway. Because let me tell you something. God is faithful. And God's word says that I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. David said this, I once was young, but now I'm old. I'm saying the same thing. But this one thing I know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. God is a faithful God. And in this time, all these challenges that we're going through right now, it is a good time to know that God is with us in spite of ourselves, in spite of the world, in spite of other people. God is still with us. And that is a conscious uh, decision that we must make within ourselves when we're going through to understand and know that God is with us and my seed is not going to be your seed. You see, there are various different kinds of seeds that produce different things. But whatever it produces, I'm going to say it again. It's to God's pleasure, whatever it produces. Let's take gifts. Let's take a look at gifts. Gifts are seeds. And every seed has its own body. Every gift has its own anointing. Amen? That anointing is that body that it has. Now, None of us have the same gifts. We've got different gifts. But the ones of us that do overlap with each other with these gifts, these gifts may appear to be the same, but they're not. And the reason I say that is because each body has its own anointing. Some people have the same gift that another person has. But they don't have the same anointing. That's the body of that gift. You understand? That's why you don't look at somebody else's gift because they're working out of their body. You have to develop your own and work out of what God has. Because He talks about how God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we can think of or ask, but it's according to how 
the spirit or the anointing is working in the individual. Amen? So I can't look at another man's or woman's anointing and because her gift or his gift may be the same as mine, they're really not because of the anointing that's on that gift that God has given to that individual. Every seed, every gift has its own body. It depends on the individual and how it has pleased God to make it so. Amen? Mm-hmm. Well, when we look at this and we see that God wants us to understand some things about a seed. Let's go to John twelve twenty-four. Not gonna be with you long. John twelve twenty-four. Over there. Jesus said, <clears throat> Verily, verily, which truly, truly, I say unto you, except a coin of wheat, a seed, fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. Well, the reason is why is because A seed has everything in it to produce the body that God, or that has pleased God for it to produce, right? Every seed, when it stands alone, is by itself. But in that seed, there is much fruit. In that seed, there is everything that a person or whatever it is that's growing or supposed to be grown, it's in that seed. We don't see it. You don't see a big oak tree and an acorn, do you? But when that acorn is planted and it grows, you see how big that oak tree becomes? But you didn't see it in the seed. You pick up an acorn or any other kind of seed. All you got a seed. But in that seed is a powerful thing. Like Jesus. God seeded him in the earth. To make his church, right? Look what the church has become. All over. It takes all kinds to make the world. It does. But Jesus has called us out to do his bidding, to do his job. Sometimes we don't have to go deep because everything is deep when it comes to God. There's no shallowness, you know. And the things that seem basic sometimes to me are the most hardest things to do. Like get up every morning and get on my knees and pray. 
I don't feel like doing that all the time. Like getting up here preaching. I don't feel like doing that all the time. But it's my anointing. Something happens when it's time for me to do what I'm supposed to do. Something takes charge and it simply develops me and carries me through. As long as I move myself out of the way. You see, my biggest problem is me. I don't know what yours is. See, you may blame your biggest problem on somebody else. You may even blame your biggest problem on the devil. No. It's you. Somebody say it's me. If we're honest. But like we like to blame it on the devil, don't we? Because that takes it off of us. But the devil can't do anything to us unless we allow him to do it. And sin is a good way of allowing the devil to have his way with us. Now, once you're trapped in it, it's tough. You see, because we were born in iniquity, shaped in sin, we were born in this thing, right? We were born in a corrupt seed. Amen? Mm-hmm. And that seed has to be dealt with. Well, let's go to the Word and let's see. Like I say, I'm, I'm not going to be long. I'm just going to give you what the Lord says give, and then I'm going to leave this alone. Let's go to 1 Peter 1.23. I'll get back to deeper revelation when God says so. Because I can't do nothing without him. I get up here and fall flat on my face. Put that up there, sir. He said, being born, not of a corruptible seed, being born again. Born again. See, we were born in a corruptible seed. But being born again, he's taking us out of that corruptible sin and made it incorruptible through his blood, through his mercy, through his grace, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You see, when we came into this world, we all know we came corrupt, right? And even when we're saved, we're still corrupt because the man in his best state is altogether vanity. But you see, it's something about that blood that just covers us. And what I like about God and and the revelation that he gave me about this thing called love, he said, look here. And that's why I keep expressing it. Because I don't want people to be down on themselves. I don't want people to be knocking themselves because everybody is going through hard and difficult times. Everybody. Ministering to a child yesterday or a mother just died. They're burying her today. A mother died while she was down there with the child uh, giving her chemotherapy. Little girl came up, sat beside me last night. She said, Dr. Manley. I said, yeah, baby. I leaned over to her. She said, I'm afraid they're going to have to cut my legs off. I said, why? And first thing, when her grandmother heard that, she jumps in. See, sometimes we just need to hush and stop trying to throw scriptures and all that at people. Sometimes people don't need that. Sometimes all you need to do is show love. Love is the healing factor. 
we got to learn it's a time and a place for everything. It's a time to open your mouth and it's a time to shut up. Mm-hmm, it is. Before you drive in on somebody, check with God and read the situation and ask God, okay, how you want me to deal with this? And most of the time, God will say, you just need to keep your mouth shut and pray. Grandma jumped right in on, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, well, baby, why do you think you got to get your leg cut off? She said, because one of them's shorter than the other, and it's hurting me, and it's this, and it's that, and it's this. I said, well, you know, you can get shoes, orthopedic shoes, that can even up your walk, where it won't have you all like that. The child, they give her a year to live, but that's God's business. Whether she live a year or a day or a hundred more years, that's up to God. It's not up to me. It's not up to another person. It's not up to the doctor either. So I'm sitting there and I'm counseling the girl and she gets to feeling better. I say, damn, Cut your leg off, sweetheart. I see everything going to be all right. Love is the healing factor. When you can't walk right, keep loving. You better hear what I'm saying. I'm talking from experience. I don't care nothing about what nobody else thinks. I don't even care nothing about what my wife thinks sometime about my life. I know my relationship with God. I know my prayer with God. I know the hell I'm going through. So I reach out. And when I reach out, then I know that I'm doing God's will. When I reach out in love. Then my son called me last night. He's in the hospital again this morning. The one that broke his ankles. I ain't sleep none last night. He called me last night. Then I called him back this morning. He in the hospital got to have another operation or operation on his arm and stuff. Something's going on there, you know. I'm not going to be like everybody else and talk crazy to folk. I'm going to try to understand their disposition. I'm going to try to do that with love. Because I found out one thing about love, people. Whosoever loveth one another, they done got the game and gone. Don't care about what nobody else thinks. Just keep loving. When you're in doubt, make sure you love. And sometimes the best love that we can do is keep our mouths shut. Women, y'all need to learn that. Don't be mad. Do not be mad. Listen. We men are different. We're different seed. We go through different things. And sometimes we're not ones to express a whole lot of stuff. We hold it in. And by you trying to pull it out of us, all it does is makes us more irritated. We're already going through. You'll never know what a man going through. 
Pray for him. Rub him on the head. Do something. But don't talk. Just don't say nothing. I know that's hard for you to do. But things work a whole lot better. Because we're being challenged in every way by a lot of things. Let's go to Second Corinthians 9, verse 10. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not. I'm just going to give what God tells me to give, and that's all I'm going to do. That's it. You can get enough, then go down there the next door and hear some hooping and hollering. Do that. Second Corinthians nine verses ten. All right, watch this. Now he, now he, God, he ministers seed to the sower. Amen? Seed is the word. But he both ministers bread for the sower's food. Mm-hmm. And multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. The increase of the fruits of your righteousness comes from the multiplication of of the sowing of the seed. Amen. And that's why. I do so much. And I'm always looking for. More ways. Just like I am now. To get this word out. To sow this word. Into a dying world. That's my main objective. As an apostle. Is to get this word out. To a dying world. Which I'm included in. Amen. Can't exclude myself. So, he says now, he's going to give me seed not only to sow, and he's going to give you seed, the word, not only to sow, but part of that word we're going to have to eat for ourselves because he says it's going to be food for you, right? But it's also going to be seed for you to sow So that you can multiply the seed and increase your righteousness. Amen? Don't eat all your seed. God give us a seed, we eat it all. You're not supposed to. Not supposed to eat everything in the refrigerator at once. Now you don't now you don't have nothing to sow because you ate it all. You you kept it all for yourself. You see, when God gives us the seed of the word, it's not for us to keep to ourselves. It's for us to take a portion of it for what we need and then cast that thing out. Amen? Alright. Okay. Now, when God Two, and we get saved, that seed is placed 
or it's supposed to be placed. It's a difficult thing, but what we're trying to do is get the seed to be planted in the kingdom of God or the soil of the kingdom of God that's inside of us, okay? By planting that seed into the kingdom of God that's inside of us, that seed is not anymore corrupted because it's covered by the soil. You see, what corrupts a seed is the soil that it's been in. If you put a seed in the wrong soil, guess what? It's going to be corrupt. It's not going to do good. That's why God said, okay, I'll plant people where I want them to be. And every tree that's not planted by my father shall be rooted up. Because God didn't plant it there. God intends for us to plant that seed that he has given us into that seed of salvation, into the kingdom of God that's inside of us so that we can live and move and have our being in him, as the book of Acts, I believe, says. But there's so much corruption, there's so much debris in the way of getting that seed into the kingdom or the soil of the kingdom. Because every time we get down in there and start digging, sin snatches it. Does it not? Don't something get in the way? So it's a steady fight. It's a steady battle all the time. You can't let your guard down because if you let your guard down thinking that, okay, I got this now. No, you don't got nothing. I know that's bad grammar, but that's okay. No, you don't have anything. Let's get proper. You might have some scholars out there. I'm just an old country boy that's got a revelation every once in a while from God. When I get it, I give it out. That's all I'm supposed to do. Now, he that ministers seed to the soul. Both ministers, bread for your food. See, God is not going to have you give everything to everybody else and you don't take none for yourself. Well, that wouldn't be fair. You know, one of the biggest problems with people in the church, we have compassion for others, but Sometimes we don't have compassion for ourselves. We pray for others, but sometimes we don't pray for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We forget to do that, as if we're cheating God. We need help, too, the individual. Just a word. We are seeds planted into the soil of the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom of God is the foundation of God's power that's in us. And if we can just get up in there and find that true power, it'll be awesome. But you see, corrupts, that corrupted seed, sin, caused by sin, has caused 
so much of a malfunction in our lives. And the power of the blood of Christ is so awesome. You see, back in the Old Testament, I want you to think about this. How it must have smelled every day. Burning bulls and bullocks, slaughtering sheep for the blood every day. Ain't no telling how many animals slaughtered for the blood because it says without the remission, without shedding the blood, there is no remission of sin. But you see that all of that was just a prelude to the true shedding of the blood. All that shedding of the blood didn't do what Jesus did with his blood. But it was just a precursor. External worship. External worship. That's all it was. The do's and the don'ts. The taskmaster. That's what it was. That's what he called the law. Taskmaster. Yeah. You see, it just showed you that you needed a savior. The law couldn't save you. You can't do the law. Try If you think you can do the law, try. You'll fall flat on your face. So Jesus comes, fulfills the law, places his blood over us, and it's done deal now. I got you. Ain't you glad for Jesus? Or would you rather have the law? Who fulfilled the law? Amen? Uh-huh. See, we needed a savior. The word of God says that the law was never meant to do anything but to be a taskmaster to you and show you that you were not able to even do the ten. Because when you break one, you break them all. Amen? Mm -hmm. Jesus comes along. He fulfills the whole thing. Was it easy for him? No. Wasn't easy. When the devil left him, He said he left him for a season. The devil don't never give up. We do, but the devil don't. So Jesus comes along and I see that the task got harder for him. And at the end, it got so hard that he begged God to take this cup from me. This thing Satan done sped the game up. He had to go and pray to God three times. Give him strength. Handle this thing. But when he found the strength, oh, thank you, Jesus. When he found the strength, he came back and he said, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And even when he was going up the hill of Golgotha, 
even while he was praying, sweats that looked like blood coming out of his temple because he wanted that cup to be taken away. No man wants to give their life up, especially for somebody else, especially to be nailed to a cross. If you're going to do it, do it quick, but this here, man, you know. And he was so tired and so worn out and so oppressed of the enemy that he needed somebody to help him carry the cross. Every man needs help. Even Jesus needed help. The Bible says that the money that he needed in the book of Luke, that whores and other women used their substance, their money, to run his ministry. Because I don't care what you do, it costs money to do it, even back then. Even if you are God in the flesh. Read the book. Mary Magdalena, a whore with seven devils. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, I think. All them people, they use that. The Bible said they use their substance to help Jesus in this thing. He wasn't alone in this thing. We're not alone in it. But at the end of the day, every one of us has got to pay our own debt. Understand me. And it's a debt that we can't pay, but we're going to pay it anyway. Go to Isaiah 61, last verse. Isaiah 61. Verses 3. Over there. <clears throat> Where the Lord said to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. And to give unto them. Let me just read 61. Let me just read it all the way from. Down to number three. Let's start back up here. Verse 61. It probably won't be up there, but that's okay. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Christ speaking. He said the same thing over in, I think it's the book of Luke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. This is Isaiah, but he's speaking about Jesus. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance 
around God. See, he just didn't leave out the acceptable year of the Lord, but he also put the vengeance of God there too. Amen? To comfort all that mourn. Here we go, verse 3. And to appoint to them that mourn in Zion. Zion means the pillar. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Anybody here need beauty for ashes? I sure know you. The oil of joy for mourning. Anybody need the oil of joy in their life? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why? That they might be called trees of righteousness. See, he calls us trees. Remember the seed? Mm-hmm. The seed grows into a tree that produces fruit. Amen? Fruits of righteousness. The Bible talks about the fruits of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, and the fruit of the Spirit, and all of that good stuff. It says that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting, not of man, but of the Lord. That he might be glorified. It's all about God. We're in it, yes, we're in it. But are we in it for God? We've got dynamic choices that we have to make. It's coming down the road the other night. The Lord spoke to me. He said, Yes, son, it takes all kind to make the work. Oh, is that what you want me? I'm going to teach that to you first. Because by understanding that it takes all kinds to make the world, that's going to make me understand to love people more. Regardless of what their problems are, regardless of what their dispositions are, by knowing and understanding that it takes all kinds to make the world. Then I can look out and I can say, okay, that's just one of the kind that it takes. But the thing about God is God's able to save all of us if we just let him. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. He brings healing in his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. He makes all things right in his time. See, sometimes we get out of order and we try to set the pace on what's right and when to do this and when we're going to get healed and how we're going to get healed. And see, see, a lot of times we may be sick in our body and ask God to be healed. And sometimes God's healing means that he's going to take us up out of here where you have real healing. See, see we have to be careful what we ask for. When you're asking for healing, some people say, well, I asked God, but he didn't answer my prayer. God always answers prayer. It's either yes, no, or not now. It's either yes, no, or not now. If you get it, yes. If you don't, no. If you get it later, later. That's where faith comes in. 
We're not going to get through this world without going through. You can't go around it. You can go around man so long, but how are you going to get around God? You can't get around God. God, see, see, I told some people, yeah, we was up there ministering yesterday. Because I know there was some self-righteousness in there somewhere, in that house. And some kind of way we got to talking about skeletons in the closet. I looked at them and I told them straight up, well, my closet don't stay open. You can peep in it any time you want. But that just shocks people. Because I don't have nothing to hide from you. You shouldn't have anything to hide from me because I'm not the kind of person that's going to down you. I refuse to be that type of preacher or have that type of church. I don't know but one thing to do. Reach out and love. Give. Because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I do. That's who I am. That's what I am. That's what God has made me to be. Amen? Amen. Then give God praise up here.